0: Day five together, our last day of the sixth week of looking through First and 2 Samuel. We're looking at the last half of chapter five today. We've been looking all week at how to not only survive but also thrive through a transition. First seven principles that we've looked at are number one, realize that the transition will take time. Number two, recognize the significance of the past. Number three, seek God's wisdom in the practical steps you're making during the transition. Number four, Clearly identify yourself as the leader. God's called you to be the leader. Say, I I sense God's calling. Number five, expect conflict. Number six, watch out for those who want to take shortcuts. And number seven, make a covenant with God and his people to seal the transition when that moment comes. And yesterday we talked together about that moment coming for David when all the people came and they said, we now see that you have been our leader for so long. God has anointed you as leader. Will you take leadership? When that happens, what do you do? This is one of the most important moments in the transition. This is not the time to rest. You haven't arrived at your goal. This is the time time to dive in. This is the time that God has given you to make a difference in the world, to make a difference for his sake. So what do you do when that moment comes and you are given the, the right, the mantle, the direction of leadership? Here's principle number eight. You go after a great victory for the Lord. When the people say yes, when the leadership is given, first thing you do is you go after a great victory for the Lord. When the transition is sealed, now is the time to begin to move ahead. Now is the time to look for God's victories. So you think, what is the greatest victory? What is the greatest dream that God can accomplish? And you begin to move towards that dream. For David, it was taking the capital city, Jerusalem. This victory became so identified with David that the portion of Jerusalem that he captures here is named the city of David. In chapter 5, verse 6, David then led his men to Jerusalem to fight against the Jebusites, the original inhabitants of the land who were living there. The Jebusites taunted David saying, you'll never get in here. Even the blind and the lame could keep you out. for the Jebusites thought they were safe. But David captured the fortress of Zion which is now called the city of David. On the day of the attack, David said to his troops, I hate those lame and blind Jebusites. Whoever attacks them should strike by going into the city through the water tunnel. Verse 9, so David made the fortress his home and he called it the city of David. He extended the city, starting at the supporting terraces and working inward. So when you're giving the opportunity for leadership, you say, What is the greatest victory that you could dream God would accomplish? What's a great victory that you could step towards? When your leadership is recognized, you don't rest on that as a victory. You go after a victory. You don't think I've arrived because you've gotten the leadership. No, you're just beginning because you've gotten the leadership. So what examples? What am I talking about? Well, in a church, that would mean you start to think, what new ministry do we need to be doing? What new missions field needs to be opened up? What new way of loving each other needs to happen in this church? What needs to happen in the way that we worship that makes a difference in the way that we lift our hearts towards God? What is the victory that you need to go after in that church, in that ministry? In a business, it means that you lead out in a new initiative, a new market, a new product. Now, you're not a preacher in that business, but that doesn't mean you can't depend on God. You should because you're a follower of Jesus. That doesn't mean you can't give God the credit. You should, because you're a follower of Jesus. You don't give God the credit like a preacher would, you do it like a business person would. You talk about God giving you strength and direction and your desire to have integrity. Your desire to be a person who is an example to others. And the reason that you're doing this isn't just for yourself, but for those that are around you. You give others the credit when the credit's due and you give God all the credit because he's due all the credit in the end. In a family. You've gotten the victory of finally loving each other, coming together as a family. So the victory might be going on a vacation together, the first time you've been able to do that in years, or maybe it's starting a family night, or maybe it's going on a mission trip together. You take that new moment of leadership that's been given, and you watch God's victories grow out of that moment. Then there is a ninth principle that we learned from David about what to do in the transition, and it's the most important principle of all. It's in chapter 5, verses 10 to 12. The ninth principle is you keep your eye on God's power, on doing it by God's power, and you keep your eye on doing it for others' sake, for the sake of others. You do it by God's power and for the sake of others. Verse 10, David became more and more powerful because the Lord God of heaven's armies was with him. Then King Hiram of Tyre sent messengers to David along with cedar timber and carpenters and stonemasons, and they built David a palace. And David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and had blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Who's it for? It's for the sake of others, for the sake of his people Israel. If you're in charge of something, but you're working primarily for your own sake, you are not the leader. You're not the leader. You're the taker. You're the person who's got a position. You're using it to take things for yourself. No, leaders do it for other people's sake. That's what it means to be a leader. You are leading other people for their sake. And David here realizes, I've been blessed for the sake of God's people Israel. You get to enjoy God's blessings when they come. There's no doubt about that. David enjoyed living in this this house that was built for him. You get to enjoy God's blessings when they come, but never think that they are just for your sake. They are not. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're given this position of leadership in a family or a company or a church for the sake of others. Who is it for? It's for the sake of others. Who is it by? It's by God's power. Because the Lord God of heaven's armies was with him, it says in verse 10. Heaven's armies, all the angels of heaven, all at God's command, all of the power at God's command, in God's hand. Who is it for? For others. Who is it by? By God's strength. It's interesting how over time, we tend to drift away from that. We tend to drift towards doing it by our own power. We tend to drift towards doing it for our own sake. We drift towards selfishness. The gravity of our own pride can easily draw us in, but it doesn't have to. You can stay focused on God's power. You can stay focused on others' needs. How do you do that? The only way that I know is in the love of Jesus. Jesus has put his spirit in in us, God's spirit in us, to strengthen us to do this. So through the love of Jesus for me, first, my needs are met through his love in ways that no one else could meet those needs. They're expressed through his word, they're expressed through his people, but my needs are met through his love. But that also strengthens me to love others, empowers me to love others the way he's meant me to. God gives you leadership, not for your sake, but for the sake of others. God enables your leadership, not by your power, But by his power, Oh, he gives you certain skills, abilities, but it's by his power. So what's it going to be for you as a leader? Whose sake? Whose power? Let's pray together. Lord, we need you. If we're to live this kind of way, we need you. Left to our own devices, we drift very quickly towards selfishness. We tend to focus on ourselves, what we need, what we want, our own power, our own strength. But Lord, that's not why you put us on this planet. Jesus, that's not the example you gave us. So we need you to strengthen us in whatever place you've given us to lead, in whatever transition we're a part of right now, whether it's in our family, in our company, in our church, in our school. Lord, let it be for the sake of others. Let it be by your power. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Join us next week as we continue through 2 Samuel. We're going to learn some more lessons from the Ark of the Covenant, and we're going to learn what to do when God says no.